There's no fucking really good reason for it. gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assume you've never listened to a movie podcast before i am your host at a portrait so we're back for yet another week again and i'm joined as always by matt smith all right all right all right oh man we got a we got a big show yet again this week you know we, we thought like you know you had like the the like we good stuff and then all of a sudden that summer kind of dwindled down and then you had the september kind of poops if you will Yes. Then we, uh, then all of a sudden, we dip back up, and there's three big movies coming out. It's like, what the hell? This is normally where movies go to die. That in like February, that January February area. So uh, there is some weird shit coming out in January and February this year, and I can't figure out why. I don't know. Like I'm seeing Have you some been of, seeing all of this stuff. Some though? of them. Yeah. It's crazy what's coming out. Though. Well, I'll say this. I know what's gonna. I know what's gonna rule January period, and that's gonna be. Um, uh, uh, what the fuck you call it? The um, Star Wars. Star Wars. No, Star Wars will still be ruling. <laughs> no. Um, well, God damn it. What's the name of the Kevin Hart uh, fucking... Oh, yeah. Right Along 2. Right Along 2. That, oh, that's yeah. that's going to make some bank, son. That shit is guaranteed. That's going to make some bank. And, you know, look, I mean, I didn't hate Right Along. I mean, it wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't fucking god awful. I mean, it was oh, what, it, I, mean, it was what a... I expected it to be. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, in Kevin Hart movies, man, like, they make a shit ton of money. He does what he that does, guy, Yeah, that guy does what he does, and he does it better than Adam Sandler. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, you have taken, he's, t- I didn't even put that together, but he's kind of taken that slot. You're 100% correct of that slot that, you know, 10 years ago would have been totally Sandler, yeah. and he's doing all that shit he now can, for himself. He can make a movie that is entirely built around his personality with, absolutely nothing else that matters yeah. and make a ton of money on it. And most of the time it'll, it will at least be enjoyable, right? That was Adam Sandler a decade ago. Yeah, no doubt. I, and I wonder if Adam Sandler's like managers and stuff are coming up to him and go, look, um, can you, can you just be a diminutive black man for a little while? Yeah. Can, can you, uh, is it cool now in 2015 if we, uh, put some shoe shine on you? I mean, that's not, is that cool? You know. Is it cool if we treat you like you're uh, some random blonde sorority chick in Charlotte, North Carolina? Why not? Or Columbia, South Carolina? For that matter. Or Pensacola, Florida? Hey. <laughs> or someplace else where that racist shit happens all the time. 
It is, those are always interesting when you're when you look that and you're just like, did I get into a fucking time machine? What the? No, it's on the internet, so it's clearly not a time machine. Is there like, was there a rift where somebody walked off and just goes, hey, this is cool, right? Fucking no, <laughs> you idiot! No, it's no. never been cool. It was it was barely barely cool when Jews did it a <laughs> hundred twenty years ago. Now it's just like, really? And it was only cool then because it was a general expectation. Not not because it was good. Because people just expected that shit to be what was going on. So Adam Sandler, you have your walking papers, man. Get some blackface (laughs) on and get some money back in the box office, you poor son of a bitch. Oh, God, don't Uh, do that. So we're going to be (laughs) talking... No, don't, please. Uh, So we're going to be talking about, what was they said, that Western thing? There's Maybe there was some of that going on. We don't know. Um, we're gonna be, we got three big uh, movies this week. We're gonna be talking about Everest. Uh, we're gonna be talking about which is star. That movie was cold, star studded, cold. cold as ice. Ah, that's this. That we're already off the rails. Um, we're also gonna be talking about the sequel to the Maze Runner, Maze Runners: The Scorch Trials, or technically it's just called The Scorch Trials. Uh, if you look yeah. at the title card of the I, movie. Yeah, I think uh, it's only referred to as the Maze Runners: The Scorch Trials in the. Posters, just not to confuse motherfuckers. And the trailers, but yeah, they're just like. I I was actually pleased with that that they did not change the name of the thing to, yeah, (laughs) the Maze Runner Saga, or some shit, because that's what always happens, right? Like they couldn't just release Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, all that shit. It had to be the Twilight Saga. Yeah, it couldn't be Divergent, Insurgent, Allegiant. It had to be. The Divergent series. No, just fucking release the thing. The same people who are going to go see the next thing already know what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Why are you changing the name of it? Why? For the dumb people. You don't have to. Yeah, I guess they're like duping five people to walk in who've never heard of the first thing. And they're going to go and see a sequel to something. We'll talk about it. Had they just had somebody just walked into this not seeing the first one, they'd have been fucked. Oh yeah, they'd have been well, they'd have been straight fucked because you walk in and that you're just was like, was kind of, it's refreshing. It was kind of great about it, right? Was yeah. that it's just like we're doing this fucking old school serialized style. You're, you're just, coming in. You're gonna wait a year the, between the them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're just gonna have to wait a year. That's all. Yeah. Uh, so we're we'll covering last week's episode of fucking Snidely Whiplash. Too bad, motherfucker. You're out of luck, Jack. <laughs> So we'll be doing uh, that, and then we're going to wrap everything up with Black Mass. Let me tell you, Black Mass has gotten some great ratings out there, and we're going to talk about if those ratings are worth it. Johnny Depp has looked at a single thing. <laughs> I, I just know that the I just know the Rotten Tomato score is decent. It's certified fresh. Th- this movie, uh, I haven't looked at, I haven't read any of the reviews, but um, you know he hasn't played a human being in 15 years, as I said previously, and uh, I think we may have had a. a different kind of Johnny Depp performance. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but let's get into the show proper. Matt, I'm sure you've been watching some stuff because I don't have much things. So fill, fill, Woo! fill the space. Woo! I've been watching stuff. Watching stuff. Boom. I don't, theme think, I don't think we agreed on the uh, theme song. <laughs> Go right ahead then. You, know, you don't like the woo-woo watching stuff theme song? Hey, it's, it's, I can spend no time coming up with it. That's Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on the tweets. <laughs> Tell me what uh, you think about the Wu yeah, song, so fuckers. I, 
So actually, this week, I watched one sort of recent release and then two much older uh, flicks. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is I, I caught the new-ish German film Der Samurai, which uh, came out on Blu-ray here um, very recently. It was picked up by... I want to say it was Artsploitation, which is a uh, label, I think, under Kino Lorber. Um, but it's a really weird um, kind of werewolf story almost, except there's not a werewolf really. There's a crazy cross-dressing person who runs around killing people with a samurai sword and a police officer that tries to track him down or that follows him along and watches him do all of this. So it's a weird kind of uh, looking through the looking glass kind of story. Um, I got to say it did not live up to my expectations though. It was a little less hardcore than I feel like it needed to be. Um, it was definitely pretty violent uh, and surprising, but it didn't go over the top enough in a really hardcore realistic way that I'm hoping green inferno does next week um, to really like make it work for me. Um, so that's, uh, their samurai. The other thing, uh, that I want to run through before talking about what I thought was the real gem of, uh, what I saw is this movie called the rain killer. Um, now the rain killer is a movie from 1990. It's a kind of a thriller, um, that stars Michael Chiklis, uh, in a, not starring role. Uh, I picked it up because I like Michael Chiklis a whole lot, but the, the lead in this film is uh, Ray Sharkey, who, have you, have you ever heard of this guy, Adam? I've heard the name, um, I'm not familiar. So, so Ray Sharkey in kind of the 80s was in just a lot of really bad, um, kind of, they were, they were B-movies, right? So he was in like the... Um, that TV show, uh, wise guy, he was in Jesus. Oh, he was in one of the fucking crappy early nineties kid. Oh yeah. His last credited role, actually uh, cop and a half, uh, with cop Burt and a half, yeah, remember that saw one. cop and a half, a cop and a half <laughs> in the theater, no less. Yeah. Of course, of course you did. Of course I did. Um, Damn straight. They played swords but, and stuff. And right, you're just like, like this 45 year old man is playing fucking, piss swords with this goddamn fucking yes. six-year-old that's disturbing <laughs> even as a child i so knew anyway, i'm just like this is fucked up right so anyway this is one of the more ridiculous uh movies that i've watched recently it is very obviously a low budget affair um di directed by this guy ken stein who only made one other film uh unsurprisingly uh that I've never seen, nor do I care to see. Although I will say, uh, for as much shit as I'm talking about this movie right now, it is good uh, in a this is a bad, bad movie sort of way. Um, what makes it bad, though, is that like very little time is spent on anything resembling character or plot development. There are scenes where they are in one location talking about something, like uh, there's an FBI agent that gets paired up with... Um, Ray Sharkey and Michael Chiklis's characters who are uh, detectives, right? Partners in the police force. Um, 
and and like immediately after just cuts to a doorbell ringing and they are at this guy's ex-wife's apartment and they walk in and have a conversation with her there's no causation for them to show up there nothing at all and these types of jumps happen all the time it has one of the weirdest uh <laughs> inner cut complex intercut sequences of a murder after a sex scene of a prostitute that was at a strip club in between scenes of people doing police work. And it's just <laughs> fucking bizarre to watch this play out. Um, if for no other reason, like aspiring uh, filmmakers should watch this thing to learn how editing works or doesn't work. Um, but anyway, so the story is basically that there is a, there's this guy murdering a whole bunch of uh, women who were all part of this um, group that uh, was like group therapy for former addicts, uh, heroin addicts called uh, the Sewing Circle. Um, and here's because the catch. Because it's got needles. Here's the catch. He only kills them when it's raining heavily outside. I'm not making that up. What? That is, that is literally the thing that clues them in that this is the, these murders are tied together. Are there scenes where is he that, just like gets up, wakes up, looks at the news and goes, it's raining inside. Fuck another sunny day. Son of a bitch. My bloodlust cannot be <laughs> quelched. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this movie's all over the place. I will say it was fun watching, but, uh, I probably won't watch it again. It did get a very new, nice, uh, DVD. And I think Blu-ray release, although I just watched the DVD, of it um that has some really weird special features on it um i I don't know it's a cult movie for sure i can't say that everyone should rush out and see it but if you're into like weird esoterica uh in the thriller genre this one's for you now the one that i really want to talk about very briefly and then because i know we got a packed show is this movie from where the fuck is there we go so it's it's 1985 uh directed by italian uh director ruggiero diodato Mm -hmm. who everyone will know as the filmmaker behind uh cannibal holocaust right right? um yes adam you know that i'm aware (laughs) i listen to outside the cinema uh anyway so this movie have they done this movie on there? I don't know if they've done this. But look, they've. I'll done, look it up. They've only done the fucking show for eight years. Goddamn, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'll look it up on the. I would find it surprising if they haven't done this. Although it might not be bad enough for them to do. Oh um, no, you haven't. <laughs> no, there's not. I'm. I'm fairly convinced there's nothing too bad. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's not bad enough for them. To oh do. well, yeah. It's, well, then maybe it's, it's better than they would ever choose. Uh, so this he made in 1985. Of course, Cannibal Holocaust comes out in 1980, uh, 81 here in the states. Um, and this movie is about a TV reporter who goes into surprise, surprise, the jungle uh, with her cameraman in order to document a series of murders uh, committed against drug cartels. Um, and it turns out that there is this uh, colonel who um, has ties to the Jonestown massacre um, in Guyana, who is behind these attacks, um, some weird-ass moral crusade. Um, 
it's very violent. I, uh, the DVD that came out a few years back now, um, is the first time this film was ever released uncut and they released those uncut portions in their Italian, uh, dialogue, uh, dialogue with English subtitles. So it goes back and forth because it was never released here with those sequences. So there was no dubbing ever done. Um, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, notably, for those of you who are uh, genre completists, it does star everyone's favorite hairless psychopath freak, Michael Berryman, who <laughs> uh, you know who that is. Yes, Adam, yeah, yeah. the guy who was in uh, uh, The Hills Have Hills, Eyes, yeah. right? Um, he's the weird looking guy because he has no hair. He's he was born guy. with a, a condition. Um, but... Uh, He's in here as uh, like this badass killer who walks around with a machete, cutting people's limbs and shit off. Uh, this movie was fun, man. Um, I'm going to buy it, actually. I, I uh, haven't gotten online to do it yet, but uh, I think it's a must see. Hmm. If you haven't seen the uncut version of Cut and Run, you need to do yourself a favor. Uh, I've been kind of going back to some of these movies um, just to get myself prepped for Eli Roth this coming week. So... Uh, that's what I've been watching, bros. Cool. Adam, what you've been watching? Well, uh, on <clears throat> on H and P this week, we um, we, uh, we we watched a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and um, that movie sucks, <laughs> isn't it? So I'm sad about two things. That's one of them, uh, movie related wise, uh, right? Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is, and probably at this point will be. Connery's last credited screen performance. Yeah, last. Right? Yeah. Um, I, the other thing that saddens me saddens me along that same vein is uh, Gene Hackman. Oh. Do you know his his last screen performance? What was his last one? I for I feel like I know. But take a guess. It's in a comedy that is not funny. Uh, I he was in the Mexican, but that was too. He did. No, stuff that after was before that. then. Yeah, I was no, he did stuff after that. This was. He was in Welcome to Mooseport. Oh, yeah. The Ray Romano flick. That's his last credited screen performance. Oh, uh, I'm going to get, uh, make sure Hackman gets out of this. That's a good Ray uh, Romano. That's a good Ray Romano. <laughs> that's a great Romano. It's uh, pretty much, that's, that's, just, that's the impression. Um, I don't know. It's a little fucked up. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We need to. That movie yeah. was balls. <laughs> And here's the you, thing. Here's you the didn't thing. Even like a bit of it. I mean, there, look, there's there's parts of it that are that, that are fun, and we talk about it on the show. I mean, that, that like I don't loathe the movie. I'll be honest with you, it's not completely terrible. I did. I still went Jason Todd because overall, it just it, as a whole, it doesn't work. Uh, it it especially does not work compared to the comic book. That's what I hear. Uh, <laughs> Never read. I don't know. I'm Adam. I don't read. Stuff. I don't read stuff. <laughs> Barely read it. Why do you think the descriptions for shows are so, so short here? I don't even write much. I'm just like, ads. Eh, we reviewed these movies. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, it, it's not It's not a god-awful movie, but it's certainly not good by any stretch of the imagination. But what's surprising is how many Asian peers are like, dude, I fucking love that movie. I'm just like, did you see it when you were you know, 15? Because I saw some movies that were 15 that I thought were great, too, that suck balls, if we're honest with ourselves. Uh, I don't uh, know. I think we've been honest. I I am, um, so that you know we talk about that H and P. Um, so uh, the other thing, uh, only other real thing of note I would say was uh, South Park came back, and 
I take and, it. and how is it? I I enjoyed it. I mean, it's uh, good good talkings there about uh, you know a little bit of a Deflate Gate action, and of course uh, the the talk of Bruce Jenner as a hero, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, whatever, whatever, fuck off. Um, but no. Yeah, and the the PC really really the big thing is is just um, their attack on PC culture, which um, I am uh, I, I'm a fan of the war of PC culture. I don't I don't you know you you well, know there, you, you know there me. are a couple of libertarian <laughs> sacks of shit like you are. Well, so <laughs> be that as it may, I'll take it. Uh, no. Um, do you have anything else to watch? I want to talk about no, one not thing really. before we get to our thing. Did you see? Uh, speaking of just kind of big news, something and and your fucking PC shit. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing that I'm super amped about today that was just announced is that uh, writer Ta-Nehisi Coates has been picked up by Marvel to write the new series for Black Panther that will coincide. I, I, I with saw the, the I saw the headline. I don't know who that is. He is amazing. Um, so. Let me get the title of his book. Um, I've only read portions. I'm picking that up from the library later this week. Um, so his, so he, he mostly writes uh, articles for The Atlantic. Um, he's a national correspondent there on culture and politics. Um, but, God damn it, what is his fucking book? It's called C.J. Run. But what's significant about it, right, is that, like, he's a black dude. Uh-huh who will be writing a comic book mm-hmm. about a black dude. Wait a minute, Black Panther's black? As opposed to white dudes writing comic books about black dudes. Because you know what happens when white dudes write black characters? They start putting in Barty Fife references, and then <laughs> nobody gets it. And well, <laughs> well, mostly what happens... He's from Africa. He doesn't know who Barney Fife is. And admittedly, some amazing things have happened because white people wrote black characters. My favorite story arc of The Punisher, for example, takes place, I believe it's in 90 or 91. Uh, I forget which year exactly, but it's a two-issue arc where The Punisher gets fucked up by, uh, <laughs> <laughs> by Jigsaw. Yeah. And has to have reconstructive surgery. Well, he also needs to go into hiding. So what does he do, Adam? Black Punisher, bitch! <laughs> What's that? Black Punisher, bitch! Yeah, he he goes, he undergoes this, like, experimental <laughs> skin pigmentation surgery. It's great! And becomes black and goes and, hey. like, fights crime with... And he, <laughs> with learns, and he, and he learns a little bit of something. <laughs> trying to wipe crack out of the inner city right <laughs> i can't uh, but amazing that's, but that's just a taste of the ridiculous shit that happens when white people amazing write, write amazing out right? listen you know I, mean, I love that fucking good job city. white people we, that was a good one i like that because <laughs> anyway, it's just like, like uh ta-nehisi coates his his new uh book uh, is between the world and me and um he really is kind of a an amazing writer about race culture issues in the u.s and so what i what i'm interested in is that like taking this from a black perspective and using it in a comic which is right like the black panther series has always been as a character as as its own series as a member of the avengers it's always been about this uh kind of culture clash between an african character and then 
black culture in the United States, as well as interacting with all the fucking white people who populate the Marvel universe. Right. And so I think this is going to be an interesting take on it. And, uh, hopefully, uh, people will dig it. Yeah. But I, I just saw that. And I was like, man, I have to talk to somebody about this. Cause uh, it's fucking amazing is what it is. Um, uh, Hopefully Marvel will hire more people who are more like uh, they're <laughs> the people that they're writing uh, in the future. Well, I mean, you got the one gal that uh, writes the Miss Marvel thing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, th- but right, like, uh, they're making moves toward this. Um, but it's not, it is still just, it is a lot of white dudes uh, well, writing everything. It is, so, it is, yeah. I mean, historically, it's a, it's, it's a thing. But, I mean, it's also good that, you know, yeah, they're doing that stuff. So, I mean... Props no, it's great that they're doing it. I just want more of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, like, get rid of the white writers. I'm saying, like, make new books that other people are also writing rather than 40,000 fucking uh, books and handing Charles Soule 20,000 of them yeah. to write. Right? And, and, and like, also, why has he got to write 40 books? In hey, and I, and I think I saw something. I, I didn't, as you can imagine, I didn't read the article. But uh, <laughs> I think I saw a headline they said where it's actually, like, uh, there are more chicks reading comics now almost than guys. Yeah, it's uh, up to fifty four percent. That's pretty. Uh, cool. uh, which is which is back to where it was in the nineteen fucking forties. Back when we just allowed women to read, <laughs> like, which is astounding, right? Like, I think that that change speaks to actually some of the damage that happened to the to the women audience in the seventies and eighties. Honestly, uh, the the turn away from telling stories that weren't just about like dudes in fucking tights with pecs i'm down with that shit but i'm also like a white dude you know of course i'm down with that shit white dudes are writing it uh i just want as a comics fan like the the fucking sandbox should be huge and endless right and inclusive that should be what it is um and i think for a long time it just wasn't and so when i hear things like like when miss marvel was picked up which is a brilliant series i love that series and when G. Willow Wilson was pegged to write that, I was like, hell yeah, this is amazing. Ta-Nehisi Coates writing Black Panther, the same thing, right? This is badass. Let's get more of this shit going. Um, anyway. You know, what the, you know what the end of the song I got a, I got a song for the end of the show already, so. Okay, good. You, you just made that happen. Uh, All right. You're going to like it. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's talk about movies. This, is, movie this, has been, this has been Comic Book Weekly with uh, Matt and Adam. <laughs> We were also talking about movies. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of movies, was this thing at number one? Was Everest at number one? I have not looked. Hold on, I don't know. I don't. I wasn't looking know? at nothing. I'll be straight. Uh, no, Maze Runner is probably number one. If we didn't talk about this shit, uh, Everest was not. No, it was number they two. At number five. Five. Jesus Christ. Uh, there were a lot of people. Well, here's. I'll talk about that. Never mind. Um. Yeah. Anyways, here's a trailer for it. Listen, li- listen to the trailer, people. You, you know how this show works. <laughs> you, my friends, are following in the very footsteps of history. Something beyond the power of words to describe. Human beings simply aren't built to function at the cruising altitude of a 747. Our bodies will be literally dying. Everest is another beast altogether. How you doing? I'm back. Doug Hansen. What do you do when you're not climbing, Doug? I deliver the mail. First mailman on Everest? Hope so. <laughs> I like that. Sit down, man. Climatize. How's the weather? It's good. I wish I was with you. One day, 
You, me, and that little Sarah, we all go climbing together. So today's the day, huh? can follow impossible dreams. Maybe they'll do the same. Uh, we're on the top of Everest, Alan. We made it. Go to Rob. There is a massive storm headed your way. Anna. That was the trailer for Everest, our first new release review of this Shit, week. that was a long trailer. It's a long trailer, no doubt. And it's all visual, so that, that does go for podcasts. Oh, God damn it. You know, uh, you had one job. Marshall the Seas. All right, I'll turn him down for a second. Um, so here is the IMDb plotline. I hope he's really quick, because this is the fastest fucking IMDb plotline I've ever seen. Climbing A climbing expedition on Everest is devastated by a severe snowstorm. Way to fucking mail it in, IMDb. Uh, this stars uh, Jason Clark. Uh, oh, I'm not going back, but it's all right. I'll turn that down a little bit. Uh, John Hawks, uh, Michael Kelly. Uh, oh God, there's so many people in this. Emily Watson, Sam Worthington, uh, Kieran Knightley, Josh Brolin, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. There's just there's a uh, Robin Wright. There's a ton of people in this movie. Uh, it is a giant cast. Uh, this is directed by Balthazar Kumar. Sure, I don't know. It's, it's it looks like a Russian name. I can't. I'm not good at that. Uh, he did uh, contraband and uh, you know two guns and uh, which one day we'll cover on HMP because I, that's a comic book movie. I don't know if you kids know that or not. Uh, but so. This movie, uh, I actually went out and saw this thing in the IMAX. Uh, spent a couple of extra bones to do it. Uh, I, in I went all the way to the Mall of Georgia and saw it on the giant. Oh, you saw it on the big, big motherfucker then. Yeah. Right? Nice. Uh, yeah, so the 3D, the whole nine yards and everything. And I would say that's definitely the way to fucking see this movie. I, I agree. I don't know that I cared that it was in 3D. Mm, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, th there were some nice moments that had great uh, in-depth cinematography. Yeah, when you're over, and, like, a little but, chasm there and everything, like, kind of But the also, I just it. feel like the immensity of the screen would have been enough to convey that, specifically how specifically if you're they also were on using a, on 3D a proper throughout one too. the rest of the movie, right? Which was very non-intrusive. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, um, so, overall, what do you think? Good, well, bad, I, different? I actually really liked this movie. Uh, I didn't love it. It, um, I, a long time ago in school read into thin air, which uh -huh. is John Krakauer's book that he wrote about this. And, um, 
John Krakauer actually, uh, he was a journalist. Um, I, he still is a journalist from what I know. Uh, he wrote into the wild and then into thin air wrote about his joining of the expedition that goes up, uh-huh. uh, Rob Hall's Everest ex- expedi- expedition in 1996. Right. Um, and so I read that book and it's, it's kind of always stuck with me because it's a really horrific account of some horrific shit that happens. Um, and in, in the movie, uh, crack is played by Michael Kelly, who is in just all kinds of shit. He's, he's one of those, those guys, right? Yeah. Well, one he's, of those he's getting to be a bigger name. Most people probably know him from house of cards, uh, as of recent. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not saying that you won't know his name. I'm just saying you'll know him when you oh, see no, him. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I um, uh, so I went into this knowing kind of what happens. And I think that if, if there's one weakness, it's that, um, there's no way around the fact that, that this movie turns into just a fucking sob fest for the last 45 minutes as one after the other people just start dying slowly and excruciatingly in the cold on this mountain. Um, no, it's not fun. It is. It is not a great feel good experience, which for this time of year does not surprise me that it, that it is not doing so hot at the box office. Um, I feel like if this had been released in November, it would probably be doing a little better. Uh, Possibly. People, people are not in there. I'm ready to watch serious adult <laughs> things yet. But I, I think also at the same time, though, while 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 I agree with that statement, and and I'm not this isn't really slagging on the movie per se, but there's a shitload of people in this, and no one has yeah. enough time to really um, spread their wings, if you will, uh, enough to where I think well, this would be something I, that you would put in November that would be more of a awards contender type of thing. I'm not even sense. saying that it would be an awards contender thing. Well, I just think that people would even are be not in the mood to be Pantheon. watching this out, this uh, like serious dour shit right now. Um, I I don't I think if I I think you're right. There's too many people in this movie. Uh, that is an adaptation problem, I think, because uh, one of the things that works in the book and various other accounts that have that have come out about this uh, disaster, this tragedy. Um, is that uh, you? You are afforded in print the time and space to elaborate on who these people are and give some of their backstory, right? Right. In a two-hour movie, this is not an epic length for, for a film of this scope. Uh, I mean, Everest comes in right at two hours. Um, you don't have that character development, and so I felt like nobody at any point, uh, for whatever reason felt like they needed to just go, you know what? Maybe if we only focus on like Rob Hall's team. Right. Or the main crux of the story, as opposed to learning um, everybody who was also on the other team that joins up with them. It's like there's the other Uh, team stuff. There's the, there's, there's the, uh, the base camp folks. And now granted they're, they're, they're all important characters to the story itself. Well, and the base camp is part of Rob Hall's operation, right? Like, uh, the problem is that you get to know people like uh, Scott Fisher, right, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, some of his crew, um, and, and 
I, I just don't know that it's effective to have as many characters, especially when in order to build your main dramatic tension, you're really only giving us backstory on um, the on Beck's wife, Peach, mm-hmm. and uh, Kira Knightley's character, who uh, uh, was the wife of Rob Hall, right? right? Those are your two main emotional anchors in this film. And neither one of them have anything to do with Scott Fisher's team. Uh, I think Scott Fisher is an important character, but getting to know like Anatoly and all these other people uh, in any capacity beyond uh, the fact that they were sent back up the mountain to try and rescue some of these people is almost a moot point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's gorgeous. This movie looks great. Yeah, I'm not sure how they shot, but like most of this looks like it took place like on on a location of some sort. I don't know if they shot Everest proper. I, I guarantee they did not shoot on Everest. It looks like they were, uh, you know, probably shooting in the Alps, maybe. Fair enough. Um, uh, but it but it looks good. It doesn't. Uh, what I'm, what I, essentially what I'm saying is though is that it doesn't look like it's just a shitload of blue screen everywhere. No, no, no. It, it looks terrific. I mean, they went places and shot this fucking thing. Let me see if I can pull up uh, where they actually shot it, actually. Myrtle Beach, South uh, Carolina. They shot at Myrtle <laughs> Beach. Um, watch us just be real real wrong. They All I know is I like I like this I like this goof on the IMDb. In the beginning of the movie, Beck is wearing a Dole Kemp 96 shirt. So they, March, so they do shoot. They do shoot at Everest for the base camp. That's I mean that's from the pictures I've seen of of Everest I, I I thought that looked fairly you know and they and they shoot uh it looks like they're that they shoot a lot in Nepal and Italy so same but, basic area but yeah so they're they're in the similar mountain ranges but uh height height and well, come on. Uh, you snow know, cover now I'll say this like one of the big things that like because you know as, as a kid and stuff you see people and like that was always the biggest you know uh, kind of model for like a, you know what's what's something monumental one can do climb Everest yeah um, and you know as you know as any kid you're just like oh man it'd be amazing to do that one day and like when I was um, I think when I was working in news that we saw this I saw this long kind of you know fairly long expose or something maybe like it was a dateline or 2020 or something along those lines of mm-hmm. of just um trips to Everest and like the whole information and like I've never been more put off by like <laughs> well that was a stupid dream because man the shit that is involved with this and the stuff that I don't think that they that, that I wish they would have gone for a, on a little bit more there's a touch of it but maybe a little bit more is that there's basically a ring that like once you get to this level it's just fucking all dead ass bodies this is where well, like yeah, it's, everybody it's, just goes and like this is where it's the, the top Right from from the camp number four to yeah. the top, it is just. I mean, there you can't move people beyond like out of there. Right, yeah. once they die, their corpse stays there. Um, and so there are bodies on Everest that work as trail markers. Actually, like people, it was, one of them died in '96. One of the uh, other team uh, teams that were climbing in '96 uh, died. Um, and uh, he's just known as Green Boots. They've never actually even officially ID'd the body. Oh, see, that's a uh, crazy wild idea, man. And and so like you um, you're walking up and you come across where that guy died. And actually, like a few years back, uh, another guy stopped to rest there and then froze to death in the same spot. Jesus. Yeah. Oof. 
And uh, it's it, yeah, there are apparently like uh, over two hundred. There are over two hundred bodies That's just, just hanging out on on Everest above this elevation level because you can't fly a helicopter. It's too dangerous for you to like go up that high and move other bodies down with you. Um, so they're just there. Right. Yeah. I wish that would have been linked. I wish they would have like delved into that a little bit more. And that's the thing. And, and you're, you're right. This movie is like it's right at two hours. I mean, I don't feel that it was like I didn't feel that it was short. I did feel like they moved up at a considerable pace that like there's I get they try to fit. I think that's maybe that is the biggest problem uh, to me is that this probably could have they probably could have put another half hour into this and it probably wouldn't have suffered if it was paced fairly well because they fit so much info into this tiny space that if they're going to try to do as big of epic thing as they do uh it scoots along at a pace that seemed far too fast for me i didn't feel the struggle of trying to get up this mountain as much as i felt that i should have mhm uh yeah maybe um, it goes, it goes very quickly through their ascent, but I think it's because in order to make sense of what they've now, uh, in the years after, not now, but just in the few years after been able to piece together about who died where yeah. and under what circumstances, I think just in order to get all of that out very clearly and lucidly in an hour, um, was maybe worth rushing that uh ascent yeah, a little bit exactly because because what and what you don't you may not necessarily realize with the trailer and everything it's not so much the ascent as decent and how everything shit hits the fan going decent so uh but yeah I, I, overall i did like it i did not dislike the movie i think there's a lot i mean obviously we got a lot of great strong actors uh in this thing and um you know they do it they do a great job yeah, uh, it, it, this movie, I think, is worth checking out. I would say definitely on as big a screen as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's only on large formats in 3D. I didn't see anywhere that was playing an IMAX 2D version. Maybe that's why it kind of um, tanked. That's but uh, I, I feel like, um, well, you know, this movie was not marketed particularly well. It didn't open wide. There are several theaters here in Atlanta that do not have it. Wow. Hmm. Um, just entirely outright don't, did not get it. Um, and yeah, they I may just, they may just screw the pooch on distribution properly and proper marketing to really, you know, make it a thing. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember seeing, I, I only saw a couple of previews theatrically. Uh, and you know, that's amazing considering we go to like three to four movies every single week. Right. Yeah. Um, to, to have only seen a few that I can remember seeing the trailer a few times. Um, not so as many it, as I, I've seen in so many other films, I mean, that's for sure. What's that? Not as many as so many other, I mean, I, was, I, I think I've seen a fair decent amount, but not, not nearly as many as some of the other films that we, that we've I've seen, already like, seen the ride along two trailer more than I've saw the Everest trailer, right? Like oh, I'll no, I'd probably say that. Say that. Yeah. It, I've probably that, seen that five times at least. Yeah. And that's, it's only been out for what? Two weeks, three weeks. Sounds about right. Um, I think the first time I saw that was maybe, maybe straight out of Compton, so maybe a month. Um, and I've seen it much more than I ever saw anything for Everest. I, I think it was just not marketed very well. Yeah. Maybe they thought it was going to suck. I don't know how this movie's doing on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Have you taken a look? Four. 
No, I don't know. <laughs> it's just got a four. No, it's, it's got a 73%. Yeah, so people, like, like I said, I, I don't know how you could really hate the movie. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not perfect by any means, but it, it's, it's. I don't think anybody could look at this and just go, oh, that was just awful. No, I think it'd be crazy. Not, yeah. Like, I think I think it's just, it's a time of year release thing. And it, I mean, it's a, it's also just a really depressing movie, right? Uh, it, it's fucking smile, everybody. <laughs> All right, sad fucking thing. Speaking of sad, let's move along uh, to our second new release review. Here is the trailer for uh, the Maze Runner Skirts Trials. the trailer for Maze Runner The Scorched Trials, our second new release review of the week. IMDb plotline after having escaped the maze. Spoiler alert, IMDb. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the Gladers? Yeah, Gladers now face a new set of challenges on the open roads of a desolate landscape filled with unimaginable obstacles. This is again uh, directed by West Ball, uh, based on the um, uh, books there for uh, the kids by the James Dashner. Uh, screenplay by T.S. Nowlin. Nolan. Who cares? Uh, starring a boatload of people, Gus Fring and. <laughs> Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien. Uh, as know. Thomas, the lead. And of course, well. All right, so we'll spoiler we'll we'll spoiler some stuff in this. If you haven't seen the first, first of all, let's talk about the first movie real quick. 
Uh, so oh, okay. So you and I, I both had not. It. Yeah, you and I had both not watched the the first movie uh, prior to seeing this one. I had but, zero interest when it came. Yeah, out. Yeah, I didn't much care either. I was just like, oh, a broke ass Hunger Games. Whoop de dee. We definitely were not doing this show once a week when it came. Out. No, otherwise it would have it would have happened. Clearly, because uh, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know if you've listened to this show throughout the last year. <laughs> We've watched some shit. Okay. Yeah. In the um, last year since this one came out. Since this thing came <laughs> out. Which was also last year. But no, well, you know, it was, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, all right. Um, I Look, I didn't hate the first movie. I mean, it was, it was what these things are. They're young adult kind of throwaway movies that have, you know, an okay premise, decent enough execution, nothing really to write home about. Wasn't god-awful. I didn't hate it. But I I wasn't enthralled by any stretch of imagination. I felt the same way with the first Hunger Games movie. Uh, I think that uh, the Maze Runner uh, was notably bad. It w- it wasn't awful, but it also like there were things in that movie where I was just like, this has got to be some of the laziest shit <laughs> I have ever seen or heard in my life. And I know they came from the novels because I talked to people about them mm-hmm. who had read the novels and. Like things like calling themselves gladers because they live in the glade. Boom! Or when the guy gets stung by the monster in the maze and he comes out and he starts changing into like a, a mean old attack monster, right? Mm-hmm. And he wants to kill everyone. And Thomas asks the guy um, what's happening to him. And he goes, it's called the changing. Hey, man. What? Out of the park. <laughs> you mean you decided to call something that is someone changing the changing? Hey, man, these cats' minds were ripped apart from them. They don't know from nothing. But, uh, maybe it's so fucking lazy. Maybe their so education was taken away, too, out of that. You don't know. And I just could not deal with that shit sometimes. It's, it's an okay flick, but uh, I never want to watch it again. No, nah, I'm not like uh, I was never like you know like okay this was like super I'm like eh, you know serviceable ish you know yeah I, I felt the same way about that as I did the first Hunger Games movie and the first Divergent movie now uh, yes. speaking of which I found the sequels to those movies better Very than good. I like the first movies um I'll say let's start with this movie uh, as as the sequel to the original um this movie clocks in at a little over two hours uh huh. If this movie was an hour and a half, I'd really like it. It gets a little long in the tooth. There is the middle section of this thing is there's no fucking really good reason for it. There's an okay reason, but there's not a really good reason for it. It is it is overlong, and um, they just, they do, I kept thinking of, Remember in uh, Clerks 2 where What's-His-Nose comes in and tells it basically gives you an abridged version of the Lord of the Rings stories? It's yes. like, here's the first one. Walk, 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 walk. Here's the second one. Walk, 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 walk. Here's the third one. Walk, walk, walk. Ring drop. Shrug. Walk away. I will, I will this was you. This was the middle act of this fucking movie was all walking. <laughs> and we throw in some zombies for good measure because who the fuck doesn't love some zombies, I guess? Well, here's... Okay, it's funny you should mention that. I thought that was a nice addition to the to this movie because I felt like what was really missing from the first one was like action. Uh, yeah, an action uh, oriented 
uh, detail. Like, like the monsters just were not what they were, whatever they were hidden. Uh, most of the movie, which is fine sometimes. I did like the design of those first monsters because it was very, you didn't see anything like that before. And I I, I like the design for sure. I I liked the design too. But when your movie is literally called the maze runner, yeah, you want to see them maybe fucking running every once in a while, as opposed to hiding out under some bushes or constantly squeezing through tight spots. It wasn't called the constantly squeezing through tight spotter. I don't know. Those moments did freak me out a little bit. I'm not a claustrophobic person. I'm with you, but give me the reason. Like, he's got to run. It got there at the end when they go through those, like, uh, blade things that are closing in the first one. That's where I'm like, okay, this is like, he has to run. He has to do this shit, right? Well, And the Um, thing is, too, though, is that to me, the first one, I mean, for Christ's sakes, it's called The Maze Runner. Doesn't have a lot to do with mazes. No. In fact, the maze. And no corn at all. I was pissed. Uh, so, so, right. So the zombies, I felt like were an improvement. I felt like they were much more of a threat than the other monsters. I were. love the way they move. Cause they were like super fast and like, yeah, very agile, like more so than you see in even movies where zombies move fast. Oh yeah. No. And, and they were well designed. Uh, I think the problem with the middle is that, uh, we have no, uh, fewer than three scenes where people go into places and are chased by zombies. Yeah, it's right? repetitively boring. And and I feel like if we had trimmed one of those out, it would have saved the movie like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And it would have been much better. That that's that's my problem is that like there's like the like I enjoy the first half, the the realization of like hey, we escaped the maze, there were other mazes and stuff out there. Uh, and you have to find out what's kind of the secret of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. What's Littlefinger doing? That's fucking you know running this whole goddamn place. <laughs> and uh, what's what's going on here? What's what's happening? And I, I like the, I, uh, I dig the that intrigue. You know there. him as uh, Littlefinger. Uh, what else can you you know? Because I know I always think oh that's fucking that's Tommy Carcetti mm-hmm. from The Wire right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the guy who's. That's the shit he always running for mayor. So right? you know, there's, there's uh, yeah. <laughs> look, he's on it. Look, we'll call him HBO Joe. Why not? Uh, <laughs> See, that's pretty good, right? Uh, that's good. Uh, but no, it's um, yeah. In 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 the last half. And the last little uh, third portion is great. We get to see some, uh, you know, some kind of more veteran actors come in there, and yes. uh, I dig them. They're coming in there. Uh, you know, uh, lives Dude, are at stake, which I enjoy. I, I have to tell you, uh, I was literally last week talking to somebody about where the fuck is Barry Pepper. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I know that he's been doing stuff. Right, he was in True Grit. And I think he was in the Lone Ranger, but I can't remember as what. I just vaguely recall him being in that movie. Whatever he can do to um, keep that nasty ass goatee he's got rolling on, he's he's got that in every flick now. I yeah, just think yeah. he just goes, "Look, I ain't shaving this shit, y'all. Y'all just do whatever the fuck you want to do. You're casting this motherfucker." He's, he's yeah, he's turned into uh, he's turned into Norman Reedus. <laughs> he's just, just like just plays Norman. Reedus. This is what you're gonna get. Fuck yeah. you, otherwise. <laughs> But I was like really glad to see him, right? And then uh, we get a what? Oh fuck! What's her name? Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor, yeah. Here, right? Yeah. Just out of nowhere, these 
like legit actors start showing up. We already had, uh, you know, of course, Aiden Gill and, and uh, Patricia Clarkson. But like, where'd all these people come from? Um, oh, and fucking what's his name uh, that plays uh, Jorge Giancarlo yes. Esposito, right? Yeah. <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> just great. It's just like he brings it like, I mean, like. And, you know, look, not for nothing, kids, but these adult actors are bringing some gravitas to this shit, okay? Mm-hmm. They just fucking are. It's like, and you can tell, like, like these cats are, and, and, you know, most of these are character actor people, right? Yes. And you can tell that there's just, like, fucking experience just, like, seeping out of these motherfuckers. And it just makes these kids kind of look, I mean, they're not bad actors, these kids, compared to a lot of fucking shit we see. Uh, but the, yeah, the boy, boy, the it shows girl them. Girl that up. plays uh, Teresa is really cool. She's, She's good. good. I, I think the kid's even good. Uh, what's his nose there? Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, I, I, I like him well enough. I looked at him in the first movie and just go like, I'm surprised. I mean, did they ever talk about him as uh, Peter Parker? I feel like he could do that. They may have actually run him down. It sounds like they would have. Yeah, make, um, see, makes sense to me. Well, and I liked the the actress that played. Uh, Esposito's like, like protege, uh, Brenda, I think. Her yeah, name. a little short. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was Rosa really good too. She was, was good too. There was a lot of like that's a, that's what kills me is like there was a lot of really neat elements in this movie. It just it just needed to exercise some of the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. If you just took away some of the garbage, this could have worked so much more than it did. Which I, I liked it well enough, but could have I been s- even better if you tightened it up. I still think it was better than the first movie. Yeah, I just and not I, not by a huge margin, but you know if you're gonna call something like an action sci-fi movie, have some fucking action. Hey, let's 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 hope they continue to do better because I mean the I mean the Hunger Games movies have have increased uh, in in their you know in in their uh, success as far as like from my you know enjoyment standpoint. Well, and, and uh, I do know that uh, next up on director West Ball's uh, slate after the Maze Runner and the Scorch Trials, is the next film, The Death Cure, coming next year. And I t- that kid's young. He's like, he ain't even 30. <laughs> Not at all. That kid, that's a young kid, man. When I saw him on there, I'm like, what cast member? Like, I saw some, like, behind-the-scenes thing when I was watching, like, you know, uh-huh. some other movie, and I'm just like, who's this kid? What, who's he playing? The- that's the <laughs> fucking director? He looks like he's 12. Yes. Hey, good on him, though, man. I wonder what he's going to do after all this shit. It's, you know, it probably can write himself a fairly decent ticket, I'd say. I mean, because it's not, like I said, it's not amazing, but he's shown himself to be a fairly competent director for the most part. Yeah, so. I mean, I think, he, I think he's in his early 30s. He just looks really young. He just looks like he's like 10. I don't know, man. Um, that's it. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you were a fan of the first movie, uh, you know, go see it. But if you weren't, uh, don't go watch it by itself because you'll be fucked. <laughs> Definitely go back and you find out be, if you're a fan of the first you got to watch the first movie to watch this one because, <laughs> bam, they jump into this motherfucker. And I'm like, okay, so there's no fucking prelude to this. You were just hit the ground running, son. Yeah, uh, which, which is also what I like. I liked that about it, too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So here's the big one. Here's the last new release review for this week. Here is the trailer for Black Mass. What? You marinate the steak because it's out of this world. You're killing me with. No, no. It's a family secret. Oh, come on. You gotta tell me that. What's the secret? Come on. You could do it. (laughs) That is one of the best goddamn steaks I ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. Ever. 
What's the what's the what's the fam what's the family secret recipe? It's gr it's ground garlic and a little bit of soy. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I thought it was a family secret. <laughs> it's a recipe. No. No. You said to me this is a family secret. And you gave it up to me, boom. Just like that. You spilled the secret family recipe today. Maybe you spill a little something about me tomorrow. Hmm? Okay. I was just saying that. You were just saying. Just saying gets people sent away. Just saying. Got me a nine-year stretch in Alcatraz, you understand? So, just saying, could get you buried real quick. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> I had never fucking seen that trailer. Yeah, Where that was... is literally just a scene from the movie. No, but the, like, I mean, obviously it's fucking, it's, it's audio and shit, but like, that's a proper made trailer and everything. Where was that? Because that, like, that almost gets the tone over. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know that anyone out there would have ever seen that fucking trailer. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, like, it's listed here as Black Mass Official Trailer Number One. No, the fuck it's not. I'd never seen that trailer before. No, and the only one that I've ever seen is the one that goes on for fucking ever. Yeah, that's good. I like uh, that's a good trailer. You don't see trailers like that anymore. I'd like that. Well, let's tell let's talk about this movie. Here's the INDB plot line, the true story of Whitey Bulger and the brother uh, uh, the comma the brother of a state senator and the most uh, infamous violent criminal in the history of South Boston who became an FBI informant to take down a mafia family invading his turf. This is starring Johnny Depp, Benedict Cumberbatch, Dakota Johnson, Joel Edgerton, Kevin Bacon, Peter Sarsgaard, Jesse Plemons, and a shitload of other people. Um, this is uh, directed by Scott Cooper. Uh, Scott Cooper, who uh, people know from Crazy Heart and Out of the Furnace. Um, Mostly from Crazy Heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, but uh, so this was like this movie had been gestating, and people have been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, and everybody's going, "Fucking great movie, big time here. Everything's going great." And I'm like, "Okay, Johnny Depp. I don't know. I've been on the fence with Johnny Depp for quite some time. Sometimes, most of the time, it's just like, really, brother, you're gonna be this fucking over the top with everything, and um." I, I will say this now, best Johnny Depp performance in 15 years, I would say. Woo. I'm going to go out. That's going back a while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that, yeah, 15 years. I'm going to say that's the best Johnny Depp performance. And I thought I was scared. I was scared of this movie because he's got, like, the fucking the receding hairline. The, it's all blonde and shit. He's got the old age makeup, the blue contacts lenses. I will say something I haven't said in a long fucking time with Johnny Depp. I've... I forgot I was watching him. That's a big fucking deal. I never forgot that I was watching. I mean, him. I know, I mean, like, I it doesn't, it didn't have, it didn't, and I mean this in the maybe the best respectful way I can. It didn't reek of Johnny Depp to me. Well, it definitely reeked of somebody in a lot of fucking makeup. 
I think the performance was good. I think that I don't if think they it had needed just not that. gone I, I don't think the makeup was bad. I think that it would have been helped a lot if they had not done the blue contacts. Which were honestly distracting. A little bit, but yeah, like they I were said, I've, constantly I've, there. I felt right? like I forgot because there's about so it, many though. fucking close-ups, and they're so blue, which is so different yeah. than Johnny Depp. I feel like you know, like there are stories that came off of the set of when he walked out of the trailer because nobody ever saw him, not as Whitey, surprise. right outside of makeup. Surprise, surprise. Um, that that people who knew. Whitey Bulger thought that like they were looking at a ghost. This motherfucker back. <laughs> um, which is all fine. And I don't good. know why that. I don't know happened. that the. I don't know that the blue contacts work on screen as well. They could have. They, they could have had they a little hide him a little more, but I think it also just plays up the fact like those aren't his real eye because there's no pupil dilation, yeah, which could... is fucking crazy when you have as many close ups as they. Yeah, have. there there could have been at least some flex in it. Um, but, but I will say like, I do agree. This is his best performance since blow, which is not 15 years. Okay, ago. fine. Blow was good. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember the God. That was two. That was like, what? Two, th- oh, two? One, I think. Oh, one. So that's close enough. Fuck it. 15 <laughs> so I'll, years. I'll give you leeway on saying 15 ish years. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, this, uh, he is great. I had problems with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, you never get a sense of what it is that he does aside from murder people. No, there's a little bit about there. the high lie, uh, you know, which a is bit a of drugs. no one gives a shit about now. Um, and didn't really give a shit about then. It was just all about gambling. Oh, right? my parents lived in Florida during a lot of this stuff. So well, yeah, they're, they're, I'm people glad that people in Florida <laughs> love high lie. No, outside of Florida, you're not wrong, but <laughs> Florida motherfuckers <laughs> love some fucking high lie. But um, I also feel like it was like we needed to spend more time with Whitey mm-hmm. and we needed to sp- spend more time learning what about his operation worked. And I think a couple of the things that didn't work about it was uh, just presentation. We spend too much time away from him because we're not getting a singular perspective into him. Right. So the, the narration or the storytelling is via three uh, sets of taped confessions mm-hmm. that we get from people who worked for him. Right. Which is great. That's a great approach. It works very well in Goodfellas and um, like all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. Um, here, I think it's split too much. Whereas I feel like if you just framed it with narration from one character, um, it would have not felt as piecemeal as it sometimes did. And you could have just easily fudged the fact that there's no way this character would have known all this stuff. Right. Nice. Cause that is what they're going for is kind of this Rashomon thing of like, this person knows about the murders. This person knows about the gambling. This person knows about, right. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. No, I think I'll agree. Uh, the big thing is, uh, to me, what I felt with this, I'm like, I like the performances. Everybody does great. Uh, I think this is... Uh, and it has W. Earl Brown in it, who we talk about on this week's Preacher Podcast. Boom. Sneak preview, fuckers. Um, but 
uh, everybody was great. Everybody had a really good performance in here. I think Joel Edgerton did probably one of his best performances we've seen yet from him. I mean, it's nothing yep. like over the top or anything, but it's very uh, it's very keeled correctly. I liked. Um, no, I, the, this might be the only like the first movie I've actually really liked Joel Edgerton in. But he seems to be uh, he seems to be doing a good job. I mean, I I, I liked him. Um, you know, it's it's a little. It's a. Li- I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's awful, but it's a little tough with uh, Cumberbatch, just because we know him as much as we do. I think. Well, and I also think um, it's not a terrible accent that he does. It's not awful. It has nothing to do with the accent for me. What what I found unnecessary was, um, I feel like because they cast Cumberbatch in that role, that they had to make that character larger than was necessary in the time of the uh, story that, that they give him. Right. Yeah. I could see that. Um, because the, his brother was not a big part of his enterprise, right? Yeah. They were close. They were family. You just handle that and move on. You don't have to have all this other shit playing into it. Yeah. Um, in fact, all the other shit that played into it was made into a Showtime series uh, about a decade ago with uh, Jason Clark and Jason Isaacs that you and I talked about um, called brotherhood, right? Where it was a Rhode Island uh, uh, congressman and his criminal brother, both of whom were Irish, right? And his brother starts up a criminal enterprise and starts to take over the city of Providence. And uh, his brother, who is a well-known politician is trying to climb to the top of uh, state government. And that's where the clash comes in. And this is the, I mean, it was based on this, yeah. right? Um, and it was done extremely uh, much better there because uh, they had fucking 20 something episodes to work with. And I just felt like the relationship between the two was, uh, uh, it was given too much screen time. Yeah. Well, at here's, the expense of other things. Yeah. And here, here's my big thing. Here's my big thing with the, with the whole, with, with the entire feel of this movie. Uh huh. Um, I wish, I wish Scott Cooper was Martin Scorsese. <laughs> well, that's the other thing that's kind of hanging over Cause, this. Cause this there's movie, a lot right? of, there's a lot of vibe. There's a lot of casino. There's Goodfellas. There's a lot of that vibe. There's a lot of that kind of camera work that, that he's but, known for. But you know why he didn't make a Martin Scorsese version of Whitey Bulger, right? Uh, Is because that's what, like Scorsese already did that. He made the departed. Yeah. Jack Nicholson's character in that movie is Whitey Bulger. Here's the and, thing. And the problem with this would have been a better movie done here. by him. <laughs> What's that? I said this would and not for nothing, but this would have been a better movie for him to take than than a remake of, of that movie. I mean, I, I really like The Departed. So I mean, I don't, I don't dislike but, The Departed. Don't get me wrong, but, the problem but I like about, the original. About, just talking about Jack Nicholson for a minute and his performance in that movie, right? Mm-hmm that never happens here is Jack Nicholson's character in the departed has a menace and a weight that hangs over everything here. Um, you get a lot of insight into Whitey and what he's doing, but he never feels like the loose cannon that he actually was in real life. There are only moments and they're very small, quiet moments where you get a sense of that. One of them is that dinner scene, right? Which is a very tense, scary moment. And then immediately after that, when he goes and talks to uh, uh, the wife, right? Oh, yeah. Those, that was those a great moments scene. are creepy 
and they get to what Whitey Bulger was actually about. But all the times in between that, when it's just like the greatest hits of all the people he had knocked off, uh, it doesn't flow. There's no menace to it, right? It's just, this is business, and here's how I'm doing business. Um, there wasn't as much of the playing people off of one other one another intrigue that The Departed does uh, so well and, and effectively. Um, I feel like there, there were just, like, missing components. This is a movie that I actually wish had been a little longer so that we could have gotten some more of that in there. Um, because it also comes in right at right around two hours. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it has just enough time, like just enough time to breathe a little bit. Yeah, and it jumps between, I think, some very important things, right? I would have liked to have known what Whitey was doing in between the 70s and the mid-80s when that there's a huge time gap in the story of the film, right? We come back to the mid-80s and he's already a big player, but there's no chronicling of his getting there. And I think that's an essential component for telling these types of stories is the the trajectory of it. How do you get here? Otherwise it is just, well, he did this and then he got this guy killed and then this happened and another guy died. And that's kind of what it becomes. It plays almost like a courtroom case would have played, right? Uh, for better or worse. It's just somebody asked the question. I mean, it's literally the setup is the cop asking the question about these murders and then they go talk. Uh, you go and see the thing happen. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Johnny Depp's fucking great in it. I wish that it was a great movie. Yeah, no, no, no I, th I think I, I think I'll agree overall. Uh, I think they got it. Uh, I think they got the final cut in and decided, you know what? Mid September is where we're going to place this thing. And I think they chose that for a reason. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, uh, it's, cause I don't think Depp's going to get awards, right? Uh, I can guarantee you this. I will guarantee you this. I'm calling it right now. Uh, -huh. uh, he will get a nomination, if not possibly win Hollywood Foreign Press. I mean, they maybe. love him. They love him. That's true. They I mean, love him. Maybe. They love us. We'll see. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd recommend it well enough. Like I said, uh, honest to goodness, one of the best Johnny Depp performances in, in, in quite a long time. It didn't feel like, you know, I was watching Johnny Depp give a Johnny Depp performance. No, he was fucking acting. Uh, you, yeah, he was acting. And it's just like, hey, what do you know? This motherfucker still knows how to do that shit. Uh, so, uh, you know, the next thing we'll see him in is Kevin Smith's uh, movie. Yeah. Well. Well, we can't all be winners in life, can we, kids? And then we'll see him in, in Tim Burton's Alice sequel. Oh, Jesus. And then Are we'll they see doing him in other parts of the Caribbean movie. Oh, my God. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. <laughs> why, 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 man, let me ask you a question. Why, why did we decide to do this show? <laughs> Where are we well, I, I have to tell you this. I have more confidence in all of those movies than I do in uh, the possible. Like, if there were ever a sequel to Mordecai, I would jump I would, off a fucking building. I would be done. I think right? that may be the end of this program. <laughs> I think I think for every time that I watch one of those upcoming Depp movies, one of those sequels, uh, I think it's a service to keep another Mordecai from being made. I'll take that. And so I'll gladly do it. In fact, I'll watch I'll, I'll watch a billion Pirates movies. I don't give a shit. I I think those things are fun. None of none of them are good. <laughs> but I enjoy them. 
They're like the Resident Evil movies, which I argue are better movies than Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But that's another show for another day. I liked the first one. I thought the second one was great to listen to. It was a great. It was a the DVD was mixed fantastic. <laughs> I was just like, man, I'm glad anyway. I got a nice home theater. This is booming, son. Anyway, let's not. Uh, well. So next week, everybody, uh, another fairly decent week here for some stuff. We got, uh, well, of course, we we're talking about the Green Inferno. So Eli Ross, long uh, kind of in limbo movie. They finally picked it up and they're bringing it out here. Uh, as uh, we all I'm going to give a spoiler for my review. Um, I have one criteria for whether or not I will like this movie. Uh-huh. So just be braced for me to probably like it. Okay. Uh, in spite of what seems to be a mostly critical drubbing that it's getting. Um, as long as it's gross as shit, I will enjoy it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I do know somebody who has seen it, who I, you know, I, I, I take as, as, as their fair recommendation on stuff. Uh, didn't really care for it. But I, I don't know. We, we've been at odds on something, so who's to say? But we're going to watch it, doggone we'll, it. We'll talk about my reasons for this next week. Fair enough. Uh, also coming out is uh, The Intern with Anne Man, Hathaway and like Robert De Niro. Uh, <laughs> it's like a giant piece. You know. <laughs> talk about a turd. You know, it's a it's a it, look, man. It's a it's a fucking uh, it's a fucking Nancy Myers film. You know what are you gonna do? I'll probably enjoy about fifty percent of it, mm-hmm. which is about her record for me. Yeah, there you go. Well, see, you know, it's not horrible. And then we got some children's fair. Let me tell you, next week is going to be the, one of the most diverse weeks ever. So, fucking Green Inferno, the intern, uh, the intern, and Hotel Transylvania two. <laughs> Let me tell I think you, it'll if, fit right well with uh, Green Inferno. If you honestly. find another podcast that does all three of these, tell me what it is. I want to know because I want to listen to it. I want to see the uh, I want to see the other sick bastards that are doing all three of these films like we are. So you know what's also going to be fun is that means you're going to get a bonus review of the first Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, because we're I got to watch that shit now <laughs> too. We haven't watched or talked about that thing either. Luckily, I am. I've always been interested i've just never never gotten around to it yeah. because it's uh it's uh what's his name that did clone wars uh tarkovsky okay tartakovsky tart t- tartar sauce tart- yeah. tartakovsky hold on damn it but uh yeah nuts. i gotta so uh, tarkovsky is is the russian director tartakovsky is yeah yeah, Tartakovsky. Tartarsovsky. You got it, everybody. Tartarsovsky. No. <laughs> no, this is the guy that fucking, uh, he created, like, he was Samurai Jack, Dexter's Laboratory. Those right? are good programs. Uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. Um, he He's great, man. He's he's like an animation yeah. genius. Fair enough. And here's um, the thing. the You know, the animated stuff has been doing Adam Sandler well the past couple years. So, uh, you know, who's to say? Uh, so we'll be reviewing all those stuff and uh, talking about much more and all that kind of jazz. Uh, so uh, for those of you, it'll be uh, we'll we'll put links to it and everything when it does come up on the Facebook page, so facebook.com slash the film find. And uh, but Matt and I sat down with uh, Bruce of HMP and we recorded a uh, episode zero, if you will, of the uh, Preacher podcast because the Preacher has been picked up for series for AMC. The and, comic book preacher. Yeah. For those of you who aren't following Adam you, at all. You know who the... F- there, is, there is a show yeah. picked up by AMC called Preacher. It's not about Jesse Jackson. It's a comic book <laughs> called Preacher. Yes. And we have a new podcast that yeah. we're launching this week with a preview episode, sort of, yeah. of, of who we are. Some of you will not want to listen to that part. And kind of what the comic book is about. So we'll talk and that's about that's on that. uh, on 
preacherpodcast.com. Eventually, so, eventually, yeah. it eventually, will be. eventually, 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 at preacher podcast on Twitter. Yep. All that kind of, uh, stuff. if you look up preacher podcast on iTunes later this week, it will be up there. We'll link so, and all uh, that kind of good. You know, so you know how it is. Be good. Uh, so that's it. Matt, where we can find more of your work this week, Sal. You can uh, follow me uh, ranting, raving, and uh, probably doing just ridiculous shit uh, this week at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on Twitter. And uh, that's that's all I've really got time to do. So follow me there. <laughs> of course, you can always uh, follow this here podcast uh, on the tweets at the film fine. Uh, film find, uh Dot com and of course um here movie podcast here movie podcast here movie podcast.com we talk about all kinds of uh uh movie related uh superhero stuff well, this week like i said we talked extraordinary league of extraordinary gentlemen <laughs> what hey yeah it's uh it's something uh so we're, we we talked about that and of course next week we're going to be de- delving way back when to some Amer- uh some Captain America uh serials. Some American Captain America. Some American Captain America, you know how it is. Um so uh there's all that kind of stuff and uh we'll be doing all these things and you know maybe some more. Who's to say? Uh so that is it everybody. Uh until next week for all this bullshit. Uh I'm uh, Adam Porches. That there's Matt Smith. Uh uh, see you next week. <laughs> Everybody knows where you go when the sun goes down. I think you only live to see the lights uptown. I wasted my time when I would try, try, try. Cause when the lights have lost their glow, you cry, cry, cry. Soon your sugar daddies will all be gone. You wake up some cold day and find you're alone. You'll call for me, but I'm gonna tell you bye, bye, bye. When I turn around and walk away, you'll cry, cry, cry. You're gonna cry, 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 and you cry alone. When everyone's forgotten and you're left on your own, you're gonna cry, cry. Showdown. 
Uh, that was, was this was this was not the song I was thinking about. I don't even remember what that was now. Like that's what my kind of hesitation was towards the end of the show. I was just like, what the fuck was I thinking about this song again? I was gonna be so. I'll remember it when you know I listen to the show back again for a soundtrack and stuff. I'll be like, oh shit, that's the one I was thinking about. Well, that that's gone. <laughs> Uh, so well, so you know, it's it's not your only missed opportunity. Nah, that's called life for me. Let me tell you something. So um, this is the first weekend that I went to uh, the AMC here in Charlotte, uh, where they've done the uh, they they've opened up the majority of uh, their theaters re uh, all redone. Uh huh. Um, so your average theater that held probably one fifty now holds fifty. Uh, okay. They're, uh, you know, all plush seats now that electronically recline and shit. Uh, there's, uh, looks like brand new screens, uh, brand new sound system, and uh-huh. uh, not bad. Now, I had to yell at somebody during... <laughs> I know that's a surprise. Well, and here's the thing, and like, you know, I don't know, look, a motherfucker did it too, but now I'll go to that in a second. But, um... So like during the uh, during the uh, opening show there and everything, I'm looking. I'm like, there are two fucking red X's on the goddamn screen. What the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, you know, I get up and say something about it because you know I wanted to be fucking fixed. Uh, so I go over there and um, tell them what's up, and you know, I can, I can tell they're looking. I can tell they're trying. God bless them, they're trying. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing, but they fucking tried. Uh-huh. Um, so like all during the trailers, they're still there. And like, thankfully, there were enough people just like you could hear him just going, "What is that? What's the what's the red dots about?" I'm like, "Okay, at least I'm not fucking, you know, I'm not the only one seeing this shit. I'm not insane, so that's a good thing." Um, and that they were like prominent enough for folks to see. And right. then, of course, the movie starts uh, proper and everything. You know, you had 20 minutes to fix it during the trailers, and you still didn't fucking do that. That's what kind of peeves me a little bit. But of course, this one guy, <laughs> he thinks he's the fucking shit, and it's just like he's just like. Uh, could you take the red dots off the screen? Which, and I'm just and like, everybody was just like, yeah. I'm like, fuck you faggots. I've been going back here for the past 25 minutes, yelling at people, telling them, where are my kudos? You sons well, of bitches. Also, who does he think hears him? Yeah, I don't know. Well, there because was, there was a gal that was sitting there kind of like giving a visual cue back and forth to the, uh, the people that were up in the uh, booth. So, uh, uh, but no, it, it took him now, granted it was about Maybe about five minutes into the movie, but it got out, and and I was so I was I was happy about that. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, yeah, and and so I got to actually I went to the Maze uh, Runner uh, thingamajigger, and I I sat exactly where I wanted to sit this time because I had to sit kind of off and to the right a little bit at a much lower level. But man, right. when you sit on like the row C right in the middle, it's fucking perfect, man. The sound is like the sound is actually really good, and God knows they needed a fucking step up from where they were, but uh, you know it's it's pretty nice. They do they did a halfway decent job. If they can keep some consistency and keep shit good, then maybe. Now, granted, I will st- I will throw this out there. Uh, it's a, I've seen two thirty five movies so far. I have not seen a one eight five movie yet. I'm very curious as to know is if we will get 185 masking on things. From the looks of it, it doesn't look like it. If it is, I may be angry because I don't like that. Nor should you. And I don't like 185. I don't like 235 movies showing on 185 screens either. 
I'm sorry. I'm particular. I get it. Whatever. Uh. <laughs> yes, I'm anal. I don't care. 